You know when the clock strikes 12, that Midnight Mania Sports hosted by Austin Takuda and George Hathaway starts right now. Hello and good evening and welcome to episode 28 of Midnight Mania Sports. I'm George Hathaway alongside Austin Takuda. Austin, we have a jam-packed show today of pretty much just Patriot stuff. I mean, I guess that's where we're going to have to start is, of course, the Patriots free agency kicking off and the Patriots came out firing. Yeah. Yeah, they've never committed this much money to any free agent class ever. This is the most money they've spent in free agency. Yeah. And yeah, they've never committed this I mean, much what, money what to any free agent too. class ever. This is the most money they've spent in free agency. And, I mean, what, what a start by the Patriots of free agency. Yeah, it was absolutely a great start by the Patriots. I think what they've been doing is getting all that they need for, you know, next season. Acquiring two tight ends that we haven't seen since... Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. I mean, that was the last time we saw a great, solid two uh, tight end lineup by the Patriots. And now, you know, they have Hunter Henry. And um, they also got yesterday uh, Jonu Smith, who is two huge. I mean, the top two tight ends in the market, in the free agent market, were those two guys. And the Patriots got them. Now, these guys are different than the Gronk-Hernandez combo because... These two are both exceptional blocking tight ends. Now Gronk, yes, he was. A now these guys are different than the Gronk Hernandez combo because um, but, these know, two are whole, both exceptional are blocking, blocking tight ends. Tight now Gronk, yes, he was now. a great blocking tight end. Um, but you know, as a whole, this is these are two tight ends with Pro Bowl talent. Yeah, I mean, these guys are going to help the Patriots out, and. You know, we, we saw how they, what they did with Cam Newton is that they have the offensive line. They got two tight ends to help out who are good blockers on top of that. And then, you know, going forward is Cam Newton, he could probably throw the ball, and then there we go. The Patriots can be solid. And they got two wide receivers yesterday, um, and one of them being Nikhil, uh, Nelson Aguilar and uh, Kendrick Bourne, who are good. I think they're solid. If we we're talking about, you know, Patriots uh, free agents and wide receivers that they could have picked up. I know Kenny Galladay is probably one of the top free agents on the market, but I, I'd take Aguilar over Galladay. And I know, Austin, I think you agree with me on this, correct? I don't know if I'd take Aguilar over Galladay, but I think he, you know, if it was a normal year, I'd say which receiver thinks going to have a better year, I'd say Galladay. But I think for the I don't know if I'd take Aguilar do, over Galladay, but I think he, system, you know, if it was a normal year, I'd say which um, receiver thinks going to have a better year, I'd say Galladay. But I think right for what the Patriots are trying to do, and in their system, I think that um, I think that Aguilar fits their system right now better because Aguilar is going to stretch the defense over the top and get in. And Galladay is an injury-prone kind of guy right now. And Austin, how would you define injury-prone? I would define injury-prone as a guy who gets injured often. And that's what the definition in the book is of injury-prone. It's a guy who gets injured regularly. I would define injury-prone as a guy who gets injured often. And that's what the definition in the book is of injury-prone. It's a guy who gets injured regularly. And, you know, I think Kenny Galladay is one of those guys who is injury-prone. And I think, honestly, in my opinion... Another injury-prone player is um, Julian Edelman. I, th I would say he's injury-prone as well. One of those guys who can't stay healthy for a full season and can contribute down the stretch. I mean, Julian Edelman, he gets hurt, and he misses half the regular season, but it's back for the playoffs when we need him the most. But still, I think you know, having a guy that can stay uh, solid and healthy all year round can benefit the Patriots out immensely. Yeah, Edelman's a guy who, unfortunately, at the back end of his career, like many veteran receivers, is, hasn't been able to stay on the field. And I, I'm not convinced he's going to play this year. I'm just not at his $6 million cap. Uh, I don't know if Edelman's a guy who is really worth keeping for the Patriots and if he fits their scheme with what they have right now. Kendrick Bourne is a pretty good slot receiver with a lot of talent as well. Yeah, and honestly, in my opinion, is that I don't know if Julian Edelman should play another year. Would you see retirement as an option for him? I mean, in, in my honest opinion is I think that he should retire. I think it's just best for his health long term. Yeah. Uh, with Edelman, it's honestly, I think it's his choice because I think 
Um, you had a similar situation with Wes Welker and the concussions. Now, he probably has the ability to continue to play, and he's probably, you know, he's probably still good enough to make a lot of different rosters in the NFL. It's not his ability, but it's the fact that he's going to go out there and risk the injury long term. And I think he definitely has another year left in him, but at a reduced rate, which is nice because that's what the Patriots are going to offer him this year. You're going to have three, four of the receivers that can block a little better than you, that can run down the field. So you're not going to have to play 80% of the snaps. You're going to come in and you're going to play 40%. All these guys are going to battle for time on the field, which is nice. So they're all going to be splitting the snaps, which will in turn, you know, keep the heavy duties off of Edelman. You won't have to block that much and hopefully keep him healthy. And I think that's important. If you're going to have now wide receiver number one for the Patriots, is prob- if right now, if we're talking right now, is probably going to be Aguilar. I would, I'd take him as wide receiver number one, if anything. And, and then going down the line, Nikhil Harry, could you have, would you rather have him as two or um, Bourne at two? Well, I think they do different things. I, think the, I don't think the Patriots are going to have, yes, on their depth chart, they're going to have a, a number one, a number two, a number three. But I think each receiver is going to have a very defined role in the team. Mm-hmm. Aguilar is your guy for deep balls. And Nikhil Harry is going to have a role if they don't trade him. Going over the middle, um, on the outside, though, he's a big-body guy who can play like A.J. Green. That's who I think he can fit in this offense. Like He's not going to run a ton of slants as a slot receiver, but he's going to line up on the outside and run slants. He's going to be able to do out routes. He's going to be able to run posts. I think Harry fits well there. And I think Kendrick Bourne right now fits over the middle as that slant guy because he's a decent blocker, does a lot of things well. And as I said, Edelman could be the odd guy out because he's also in your slot. So if you go four wide receivers, you go uh, Harry on the outside, um, maybe Myers on the outside, Mm -hmm. or Aguilar is your deep guy. You switch those guys out, and then Edelman over the middle or Bourne. So you have a lot of options with this receiver group. I just don't think that there's really a guy that you're going to look at and say, yes, that's our wide receiver one. Whoever of the group is going to be the best blocker will be the receiver that's on the field when they have the two tight end set, and they're going to do the power run. So I honestly don't I don't see a wide receiver one at any point. I just see them all doing different things, and I see them doing it pretty well, honestly. So do I. And here and here's the thing for me, Austin, is the, you're the opponent team, and you're facing up against these types of receivers. Who do you put your best cornerback on? I mean, if Jalen Ramsey were to guard one of these guys, would it be Aguilar? Would it be Edelman? Would it be Myers? Or would it be Bourne? Who like? Or would you even put him on you know someone like Hunter Henry? You know, sleep, uh, kind of spying on him a little bit because the Patriots now, I think, might have more weapons than that 2017. Like, this offense might be stacked, not to that level, but like to where the point is that defenses aren't going to know who to guard. That's the thing. So, that's an interesting point with Jalen Ramsey. I think against the Patriots, teams aren't going to really rely or play man coverage. I think they're going to play zone coverage because you have a lot of guys mm-hmm. who do a lot of different things, as we've talked about. So, I don't think it's going to be. You don't have the receiver, obviously, that they're going to follow around the field like Randy Moss. That was one of the biggest problems on that Patriots team was they had to follow Moss. Your best cornerback was going to play Moss, but you don't have that now. What you have to worry about is, okay, we have Kendrick Bourne over the middle. We have Aguilar deep, and we have um, Jacoby Myers, Edelman, or Harry on the outside at some point. But we also have two tight ends who can stretch the field, who can catch, and who can block. So we have really five guys who can all, you know, really be a pass-catching threat, and we have to worry about them all. Now, yes, they're not to the degree of some of these Hall of Fame mm. players, but these are a lot of talented guys, and Smith was so underutilized in Tennessee um, that he really never got a chance to show what he can do as a tight end because he was more of a you know, block for the power run, you know, use him in the red zone a little bit, but he can be so much more. And same thing with Hunter Henry. Uh, he went from Phillip Rivers, who did like, you know, he couldn't really get on the field with them due to injury, then he goes last year and really plays well with Justin Herbert, but still not maximizing his potential. That's what a lot of these guys are. They haven't yet hit their potential, and I think this is a pretty good season for offensively for these guys to really peak. And, and here's the thing, too. On top of it, you have to have a QB spy if Cam Newton is QB right. number one. You're going to have the running threat, which is huge for the Patriots, and a big part of their game last season was coming from the run game. So you're going to have somebody, middle linebacker probably, or if you're Jalen Ramsey, he's probably going to do the cornerback blitz that he always does. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're going to have somebody like that having to watch Cam Newton at all times. So their defenses this year are going to be busy playing against the Patriots. They're going to, I think this offensive game plan 
is going to be a whole 180 from last year where it was just strictly run, run, um, play, ac play action, and here we go. We're going to do an, uh, probably an RPO here or there. But, I mean, the Patriots never had those threats where you were always wondering what their next play was going to be because of how stacked their offense was. And this year, I think with somebody like Hunter Henry, uh, you're going to have them, you know, go down the field, probably go around a post out. And honestly, defenses are going to have to be on their toes. And that's going to be huge. And for the Patriots, they even picked up defensively. And I thought defense-wise, they're going to be really stacked as well. We're going to have the people who the players who opted out last year are coming back again this year to play. And I think this team has a legit run of going for another Lombardi trophy. Well, the thing is with the offense is they're, they're going to come up with the same game plan, I think. They're going to go power run. So this is why that they kept Cam Newton in the lineup and didn't bench him for Jared Stidham was because they were building towards this year. That's what Adam Schefter had tweeted in terms of free agency. They knew last year was kind of a lost year, but there's a reason that they kept Cam in the lineup over Stidham because they were working on the playbook. They were getting these two running backs and Michelle and Harris used to it. They wanted Harry to learn how to block for it. They wanted um, their offensive line, who's a young group overall, get used to blocking in this scheme. You reinsert Trent Brown, who knows how to do it already, um, with a little bit of adjustments because you go from 20 years of a pocket-passing quarterback system to now moving over to the power run with a quarterback who can run. That's the system they're going to have to stick with because all the quarterbacks coming out are a little bit mobile in one way or the other. And the guys that they're looking at or, you know, might fall to them in terms of Justin Fields or um, Trey Lance, if they draft a quarterback, are mobile. So they're going to come out with that power run again. That's why they're bulking up with two blocking tight ends. These guys, yes, they can catch the ball. They have a lot of talent. But Janu Smith and Hunter Henry have been complimented as two of the top blocking tight ends in the league. So those two guys are going to come out and... I mean, I think that they're going to stick with the power run. I think they're going to come out and just run right through teams. And then, yes, the thing that is different is they can now throw the ball because their receivers have actual talent, unlike the group that was out there last year. Right. So you now have to worry about them, like you said. And one of the questions we have here, Austin, on the show is, do we think that Hunter Henry will have more than 700 yards or will Juno, Jono or have um, 500 yards? Uh, both would be career highs. Do we see that happening? Well, I don't see it both happening because in the Patriots system, it's not about stats. It's not about, um, especially with the tight ends, they're not worried about getting them six targets a game. And when they're going to come out with two tight ends, you don't really know yet how their game plan is going to be, if they're going to run a lot of routes or if these guys are just going to block all game long. Yes, they'll have some targets, and I think they both have the ability to surpass those, but I'm not really overly ecstatic about the idea of them having a lot of yards. I think they're going to be good checkdowns for Cam. They're going to be good red zone targets, but I just won't predict yardage for these guys because I'm not necessarily convinced um, that they're going to be, you know, down the field, stretch the field kind of tight end because Cam isn't a guy who throws it deep anyway. You know, he, he certainly isn't, and I think that's something similar that the Patriots offense is used to is not having a QB who's going to throw that deep ball down the field. I mean, we saw Brady with some, a lot of checkdowns or slants through them over the middle. Um, and, of course, that worked for six Super Bowls, and for Brady it worked for his seventh. But, I mean, even in, in the Tampa Bay, he was throwing a lot of deep balls, and that was something that was really, you know, kind of out of his element in a way. And I think that had to do with a lot of speed in his wide receivers. But mm -hmm. with Cam Newton now, he can throw the deep ball. We've seen him do it last year just like once or twice uh, up the top. And I think... For Cam Newton, what's going to help them out is having the running back and uh, position because it's going to kind of give him a little bit of rest and not that worry of, okay, I have to throw it, the ball now downfield. And I think this is a good problem for the Patriots is who am I going to throw the ball to now? And, you know, we've heard of things of James White potentially leaving the Patriots in free agency, going to Tampa Bay, which would just add another former Patriot going to Tom Brady. And... Honestly, and I heard Chris Carson, though, you know, the people reports of him coming to New England, you know, filling that void a little bit. But do the Patriots really need three or four running backs on top of Cam Newton already to add to their offense? Well, what they don't need is they don't need Chris Carson or Leonard Fournette. They have two guys right now in Michelle and Harris that are more power backs than they are receiving backs. So those two guys are already fitting in that role. 
Chris Carson doesn't really add anything that Harris or Michelle don't already offer. So you, what you're looking for is someone to replace James White as the third down receiving back. Now, they don't typically re-sign these guys. White's pretty much gone, I think. They didn't re-sign Danny Woodhead. They didn't re-sign Shane Vereen. Uh, they held on to White as long as they could. You know, they're not bringing back Burkhead. So they let these pass catchers go because they can develop somebody else in that spot. Whether it's an undrafted rookie again that they you know they plug into the pass catching running back role, or it looks like they are going to look at free agent running backs, I don't think Chris Carson's the guy you want. The guy you want is Jamal Williams from the Packers. Mm. He's a guy who had an 86% catch rate last year, a guy who can run the football hard, filled in for Aaron Jones very well, and is 6 feet, 200 pounds, a, a power guy, but has some of the best hands that running backs have. So if you're going to look for that combo, you have to go Jamal Williams because he fits what you're trying to do, even on third downs. Now, if Michelle or Harris get hurt, which they have in previous years, pretty much every year, Sony Michelle's got some kind of mm-hmm. ailment, Williams fits in really well as another RB2. So I just don't see why Chris, how Chris Carson would fit. He's on a great pass catcher, and I don't see the need to spend money on James White. I agree. I mean, the Patriots' cap space is huge. I mean, it's one of the bigger ones in the NFL, and they have a ton of money to be handing out to a lot of players. But at the same time, though, is that they they have to be careful because do you want to use that money potentially, you know, in the draft or go big? And by going big, I mean we're going for Deshaun Watson big or even Russell Wilson. Actually, would you rather have Russell Wilson than um, Deshaun Watson? I don't know. That's a tough one because Russ. I, I have to say Russ. I think because he's gotten you. Well, actually, you gotta. I gotta. I gotta re- rethink this because if it's on a one-year basis, then I'd rather have Russell Wilson because he's gotten to Super Bowls before. He knows how to win in the playoffs. But long-term, Watson. He's younger. He's faster. He's less likely to go down with an injury at this point because Russ is a little bit older and more banged up. But I think Wilson gives you a better shot at an immediate Super Bowl. I think Watson long-term. Watson's not that far off from Russ anyway. Um, but I think Watson long term gives you a chance at another dynasty. But the thing is, is the whole money situation is interesting because they're both due thirty million or so, mm-hmm. which eats up the cap space you have left. And people are like, "Well, they just used all the cap space yesterday." No, because they signed right. Matthew Judon to a deal and Janu Smith to deals that only include one million in salary for the first year, because the salary cap this year had went down a little bit. There's a new TV deal coming next year, which is going to increase the cap. So then they pay them that money. So it's like they're not even spending money right now. <laughs> yeah, they're really not. And that's the thing. Now, cap space. This is such a huge thing in you know NFL, NBA, but the Major League Baseball, they, they don't have a cap space like that where it's just like you can just pretty much throw money wherever and just hope you know you have the money to pay. Like Garrett Cole and the Yankees, for instance. It's, it's not like kind of that situation. But Austin, do you think the National Football League should have a cap space or just get rid of it? I mean, look what look at Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this he's getting a ton of money. Yeah, you need a cap space because the problem with the NFL is these are all billionaire owners who will spend money to win. In Major League Baseball, these are a bunch of billionaire owners who are cheap and just want to mm. make money. So that's why you have no cap space, but you do have a luxury tax, and they do everything they can to avoid going over the tax threshold so they don't have to pay extra money. But like, look at the Pirates. They have no cap space, and they're not signing anybody. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's a different situation. Still, like, even, even teams that compete, like the Tampa Bay Rays, there's no cap space, but they're never signing contracts. The Twins, I mean, all these teams. You do that in the NFL. The, the Vikings are already giving Kirk Cousins $36 million a year, or whatever it is. They'll have no problem dishing up whatever it takes to get to a Super Bowl, because if you get to that Super Bowl, you're making all that money back again. So the NFL, if you have no cap, <laughs> it's a nightmare because they're just going to spend away because these guys want to win because they know how much winning affects a football team. Whereas we see with the Tampa Bay Rays, they win, they win, they get to the World Series, and nobody in Tampa cares about the Tampa Bay Rays. They still can't get fans to their games. But in the NFL, it's different. Success equals fans showing up to the games. Baseball, it does not. I mean, baseball, that's a totally different story because fans in the stadiums is a huge part of their revenue. And half the time i don't know how they make the money some teams because there's not a lot of fans especially the the pittsburgh pirates i don't know any (laughs) pirates fans who actually a beautiful stadium though pnc park i think i would rather go to pnc park though austin for a uh just for the view 
For really? Over what? Or I don't know. Just in ge- like, I wouldn't go to watch the Pirates oh, okay. play. I mean, yeah, it's a nice park. It is. I but, went once. It was. It was nice. Lucky. They, they did lose. Well, are we surprised now? No. No, exactly. But uh, stay, sticking with the NFL and the Patriots, uh, kind of getting back on track, though, is that the Patriots are spending a lot of money, and, but not really, like you mentioned, in a way. They're spending money next year. But yeah, not next right year, now. not right now. And, and a lot of these deals, though, are also incentive-based deals. Okay, you know, you do this much, then we're going to pay you a little bit more. Same Like with the Patriots last year, I mean, Cam Newton was going to get more extra money if they made it to the playoffs and and they kept going but they never did that so they ended up keeping that money and and it's similar with his deal this year the 14 million it's not going to be it's more like 7 million with the other 7 million being incentives so you know as much as people are saying like oh you know cam newton's getting paid too much not really in the grand scheme of things he's really not getting paid a lot and i think they have the Patriots know Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick. Deep down, they know Cam can really prove to the NFL what he has. And I think they needed last year to, and not in a way tank, but also tank at the same time, but not make it look like they were really trying to tank. And with this draft pick coming up now, 15th, you the Patriots have pretty much gone over every, checked off their checklist of players they needed to acquire you know, during free agency, except for Deshaun Watson. But uh, in a way, the Patriots now, what are they going to do with it? Could they trade up this pick, throw Gilmore in the 15th pick? Maybe mm-hmm. that could go to Houston for Watson. Or do they trade up, maybe get Trevor Lawrence? I mean, these are things that, no? <laughs> well, continue. I mean, like, there's those types of things. I mean, like, similar. I'm not saying get Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah, that's not happening. But <laughs> but a player of his caliber, even Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, because I know Matt Jones right now, if we're, if we're th- looking at it, he doesn't fit. He doesn't, and that's the thing. I, and, well, you know, I'm not to discredit what he did last season, but I think I mentioned this on the last show. I don't know. But the receivers did most of the work for him. Uh-huh. And so did his offensive line and defense. So if you give him... These weapons, maybe he could do the same, but I'm not. I'm saying I'm not saying that Nelson Aguilar is Devontae Smith or vice versa. But those types of things. Now, should the Patriots trade up or get a, another position? Well, a few things. So one, Mac Jones would have been the perfect system quarterback for the Patriots mm-hmm. five years ago. He's just like Brian Hoyer, Matt Castle, Ryan Mallett, uh, Jimmy G, all those guys who came in here. But now, like we talked about. They're transitioning to power run. They have the two blocking mm-hmm. tight ends. They have the fullback. They have the two running backs. So Matt Jones does not fit. Um, I do think you mentioned Justin Fields. It's looking more and more likely that that could happen. Him or Trey Lance. Now, you have Detroit with the seventh pick, who I see as an option to trade back. And you have Atlanta with the four pick. Now, Atlanta mm. just restructured Matt Ryan, which means they might not be looking to go quarterback. Um, so you could potentially trade up to that pick. What would it cost? I, I don't know, but that's where you look at the depth they have right now. They have Michelle and Harris, and one of those guys, not just for the pick, obviously. You'd have to throw in the 15th pick, right. throw in a future first. You have to throw in something else. But I think you could actually get a little bit of value, maybe for Nikhil Harry, Michelle, or Harris in a trade where you give up the 15th pick, another first, and move up in the draft. I don't know about Watson because we saw Matt Stafford get traded for both three firsts and a quarterback or whatever that was so Watson's value is going to be extremely high it is but it's also the Texans you never right. know with well, this organization they have Nick Casario over there as a GM who just left the Patriots after so he's he he's smart it'd be like McHale going to the T-Wolves trading Garnett to the Celtics which is what happened and that's what helped the Celtics win a championship similar not the same but McHale mm-hmm. you know helping his old team you know by shipping us Garnett but this but the, I don't know if that would go well nowadays. I mean, if, if like social media well, and people on Twitter were saw that and like, oh, he's just helping the Patriots again. Goodell, there we go. <laughs> well, the you just is, lost a bunch of draft picks and you got fined a bunch of money. just got there. So, it's, yeah. I mean, but Watson, it'll look kind of sus. Watson has done a good job of, you know, making it clear he wants out. So, in that aspect of it, um, you can understand why they would trade him, but it'd be hard for the Patriots to swing a deal. I'm not convinced that Gilmore is back with the Patriots next year either. Hmm. 
Now, they signed Jalen Mills not to play cornerback, I don't think. I think he'll fluctuate between the slot, the nickel, and uh, playing a little bit of safety. But Gilmore, this is just so reminiscent of what Belichick's done in the past. Brought in some talent, you get excited, and then all of a sudden he dumps your one of your best players. Happened with Chandler Jones, when Chandler Jones was eventually due money. Um, so I just wouldn't be surprised if they move on from Gilmore. I don't want them to. I think he fits great right now. I think that defense is pretty scary. But it is. I don't know. I just don't know what it would take to get Watson. We don't. It's hard to speculate because of how much Stafford went for. Um, and Stafford's a good QB. He is. He's not. He's not Watson level. Right. He may. He. It may be for talking younger. Five ten years ago. Thing is, yeah. You're getting so much more years out of Watson. I think the pick though to answer to part of your question. Yes. I don't see them picking at 15. I think they're either trading up or they're trading down. Because 15 is such an awkward pick in this draft. It is. You can hope that Justin Fields or Trey Lance falls if you want a quarterback. You can hope a receiver falls. But there's nobody really besides that in that middle part that you're like, yes, that's the guy that we want at 15. I don't think. So I think you either slide back, which they always do, pick up another third-round pick with it or something, and take your starting center because you're probably not going to re-sign David Andrews. Yeah, that's... Or mm. you trade up with the pick and get a quarterback... For sure, like Justin Fields, because he's probably not going to be there at 15. So it's really, I don't know. I just think the way they structured Cam's deal, bringing him back for the one year and cheap money, is to have him teach another quarterback this year. And especially a quarterback like him. I mean, Justin Fields is the most Cam Newton Mm -hmm. I've seen since Cam Newton. Very similar. Cam's Very. a little bit more physical, a better runner. but And bigger. I think yeah, Cam is a lot think, bigger. Yeah, they, do, they do a lot of things similarly. And that's why, like I said, I think that's why they brought Cam back. Because they're going to have Fields or Lance um, trained under that system. Mac Jones doesn't fit it. It doesn't make sense for no. Mac Jones to come train under Newton. If you were going to have Mac Jones come in, you'd bring in Fitzpatrick or Alex Smith. Or Tyrod Taylor would be a little bit closer to that, too. And I think the Patriots... They, they said it themselves, though, is that Cam Newton's not guaranteed a starter. He's going to be fighting for it in camp. And I'm hoping he wins because it would be kind of fun to see him on this offense, see what he can do. I mean, we saw what he did in Carolina in 2015, mm-hmm. decent offense around him. But what can he do with a solid? I'd, I'd, honestly, this offseason for the Patriots, I'd give it in about an A so far. I mean, two days in, give it an A. We'll see what happens in the next few days, but... I mean, I woke up this morning to Hunter Henry, and I was not expecting that at all. I mean, granted, I wanted Hunter Henry, but after, you know, what happened yesterday, I was thinking, I don't know if they're going to get him now. I wrote it off as they weren't going to get Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. I mean, even from the beginning or just from based off of yesterday? I, well, from the beginning, I had been saying, we talked about this months ago, too, I think, that I thought Hunter Henry was coming to New England. I was pretty sure on it, and then they signed Smith, and I was like, well... I guess they're not getting Henry, but Smith is very talented as well. I think it shows you how good Smith is, too, because he got a little bit of a more pricey contract than Henry. He did. And nobody realizes it. Smith doesn't have a ton of career yardage, and everyone doesn't realize how good of a blocker, how fast he is, how versatile. And I think in Josh McDaniel's offense, this guy's going to be close to a pro bowler if you take into account how he blocks. I mean, but yeah, no, I just didn't think they were getting... Neither did I. And the one thing with Watson, too, is the Texans just shelled out uh, one year worth up to $12 million to Terod Taylor to back up Watson. So there's a chance they are moving Watson, have Taylor in as your veteran quarterback for a year, and draft a young person at number four, which is seeming more and more likely because you would want them to learn maybe under a veteran quarterback. It doesn't make sense to keep Watson and draft a quarterback. That's why you signed Taylor. So Watson, I think, could be on the move, but... I just I don't know if, if he's coming here. Yeah, and switching sides of the football to the Patriots' defense, they were also very active yesterday defensively. Uh, Matt, Judon, how are how you feeling about that? I like him a lot. I think he fits the system well because he's a guy who can play on the edge, big, strong, and fast, and he's good against the run and good in the pass rush too. Uh, a little bit similar to Rob Ninkovich back when he was with the Patriots. Mm. I think Ninkovich was a little bit slower, played a little bit more as an um, an interior edge kind of guy who was lining up on the ground going at you, and where Judon's going to stand up a lot on that side. But I think he is just adding to the defense and the identity they're building of a big, strong, tough defense. You look on one side, you have Judon. The other side, you have Chase Winovich. Up the middle, Dante Hightower. So those scary. Big three dudes <laughs> that are going to be out there. 
um, up the middle now with Devon Godshow and Henry Anderson, two big dudes in the middle. They have a nice, big, bulky team, and they're not going to, like last year when Jeff Wilson and the 49ers came mm-hmm. here and torched them for three touchdowns and 150-plus yards, that will not happen again. No. That will not happen And again. this defense is looking really good for Tampa Bay. For Tampa Bay for the Bucks. No, I mean, like, when, when, oh, the, oh, when, the, okay. when Tampa Bay comes to town. <laughs> this defense is ready. Better than last year, for sure. That's for sure. I think there are some holes still, and still some question marks, rather. Because mm-hmm. you, right now you're employing Devin McCourty, Patrick Chung, uh, Adrian Phillips, and Kyle Duggar, along with Jalen Mills. So it's really five safeties. But I don't know how they're going to use everybody because they play a lot of nickel where Mills is going to be around the box area, playing kind of in the slot. But they're also, Phillips played, I think, 70% of his snaps in the box last year, even though he's a safety. But Kyle Duggar is an interesting guy to me because it's going to be his second year, and he's big and physical, which is, helps the identity that they're building. So you're going to see a lot of sets where it's McCordy and Mills deep, and you have Duggar in the box with Hightower. And I, I just I think one of the odd men out in the defensive side could be Patrick Chung because there's a lot of guys that I think are a little bit cheaper and younger than Chung. And like I said, we mentioned him, Mills. Um pretty much does what Chung does, and he's a little bit younger and quicker, I think. So, like, Edelman could be the odd man out on the offense, and it could be Chung on the defense. So a lot of veterans and familiar faces for the Patriots that we might not be seeing playing a lot or even on the team next season. I mean, look, Stephon Gilmore as well is another name. I mean, we mentioned it earlier, and you said, Austin, you don't think he's going to be here. So, really, the Patriots are trying to form an identity. And I think that's a great way that you put it, is that they're a big team now. They're quick, and they're young as well. I mean, this is unlike anything we've ever seen in the last 20 years of Patriots history, is that we've seen a young team. Mm. You know, Usually it's just like re-signing everybody, here you go. Um, Brady taking uh, cuts in his paycheck to get somebody older and who's, I guess, wiser uh, and knows the game more, but... Just the Patriots this year, I'm excited. This legit, I think, defense, if they do it right, could be top five. Offense, if they do it right, could probably be top ten. I'll push top five. But I think they'd certainly be back in the playoffs. I think so, for sure. They'll be back in the playoffs. I think it's a tougher division, obviously, with the Bills running things. One of the questions in the chat we have is, um, Kyle Van Noy, would we be welcome to a reunion with Van Noy? I'll let you answer this one first because I do have some thoughts. I've talked about it a little bit this week. Okay, so for me, Kyle Van Noy, I, I wouldn't be opposed, but I don't know if he'd fit right now with this defense. I, I, I like him as a player. He was great. But coming back, and I think, you know, I don't know if it's worth it at this point. He, he's a a little bit older, I don't know. There's a lot of younger, better talent out there, I believe. And Austin, I know you had you talked about this this week. So I, I actually think I, I would love to have Van Noy back, and I think it would be a great fit. He's going into his age 30 season. Last year was a down year for him. This is exactly what happened with Jamie Collins back in 2019. Collins came back here on a one-year deal worth up to $2 million after getting released from Cleveland. And it was for his age 30 season. That year, Jamie Collins comes here and racks up um, 81 tackles, 7 sacks, and absolutely solidifies himself as a solid defensive player. And they win the Super Bowl. Have one of the best years they've had in his reunion year with the Patriots. You look at Kyle Van Noy. Like I said, he's now going into his age 30 season. Left the Patriots, got released, and now coming back, He's a guy who can play a lot of different positions for you. He can line up in the middle next to Hightower. He can line up on the edge, and he can move Winovich inside. I think Van Noy, now only if it's a one-year kind of cheap deal, just like Jamie Collins was on, would be great for this team. But it has to be a cheap deal. I don't see, you can't sign him to a multi-year deal. You can't sign him to something guaranteed a lot of money. If he'll take a Jamie Collins type of deal, Van Noy would be perfect, I think, because he doesn't have to play all the snaps. He can play 50% rebuild his value and get another contract just like Jamie Collins said it's like the identical situation so so you, okay I think that's a, gr- some, a lot of great points and for me 
I think if they, the Patriots are going to have to go cheap, you're right. I mean, money-wise, cap space-wise, I think everything that they've been doing in the last two days of free agency uh, are really going to be impactful in how they're going to get, you know, other players onto their team. I mean, especially bringing back some people, I think it'll be important for the Patriots to get some familiar faces. Uh-huh. And, you know, Matt Patricia's back. So could that be impactful to how we see things differently in New England versus last year? But, I mean, also granted, a lot of people are coming back from opting out of last season too. So it's just these types of, those types of things that are going to impact the Patriots huge. And defensively, this is, go- this is a very similar team, if not better, than two years ago when they are in the number one defense in the NFL. Well, see, the Patriots now, I don't think Patricia makes a huge difference with the Patriots now at this point because, you know, he's kind of advising. But I think he helps Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo learn how to lead as coaches, I think, because Patricia, while he was a bad head coach, I think he did a decent job as defensive coordinator where the guys bought in enough to have a successful defense. But... I, I think this defense overall is a group of uh, a lot of guys who are hungry to prove themselves again, I think. You look at Hightower coming off the opt-out year, wants to earn that contract again so he doesn't get cut in the future looking for another Super Bowl. Like we said with Gilmore, same thing. He's trying to continue to earn that Defensive Player of the Year honors, earn an extension after a relatively poor year last year. We don't know if J.C. Jackson will be back. He's a restricted free agent. They... There's, he'll probably be here. Mm-hmm. Devin McCourty towards the end of his career looking to win a Super Bowl. So this is a very, very talented group who I think is going to play hard after a year where they really were let down by the offense a lot of times. I think so too. I, and for me, it was versus last year is that the defense was out there a lot more. Uh, either because there'd be a turnover, fumble, or you know they just weren't able to convert. Or I know it was a punt. And it's like those types of things where the defense was so worn out mm-hmm. is that the Patriots now are going to be you know, offensive heavy. Defense is going to rest a little bit. And it's going to be those types of things where these younger guys and then even the old vets we're gonna, they're, they're going to bring back are going to be able to rest, uh, save their value a little bit more. And then the Patriots could either use that as some leverage you know, down few years from now as a trade value like okay we'll give you this really solid defensive guy you know for a few third round picks or something like that I mean classic Patriots move right there is getting rid of somebody good for third round picks I mean that's just what they do so for me the Patriots just I think are going to be exciting to watch this is you know if People, you know, were all upset about it. Fans were about it last season. You know, all oh, this team, you know, they're terrible. They stink. They're, you know, all this. But now here they come back again. Oh, my gosh, we're going to be so good again this year. So, I mean, it's just we never experienced that here in New England is that people being upset one year and then the next year, here we go. Like, they're all excited. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just hoping, you know, everything works out according to plan. Everybody's healthy and that the Patriots can come out strong. Uh, this year and kind of have some redemption and something to prove. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm more excited this year than I have been in the last few years, even though they were obviously competitors with Brady. And I mean, that's actually when they had Gordon Edelman and Antonio Brown, I was pretty excited. That was amazing. But it only lasted one week. So that was, that's honestly that picture of all of them sitting down on the bench might be one of my favorite Patriots pictures. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it was a good one for the week that it (laughs) lasted. But I'm actually, I'm excited this year because it's a unique offense. Um, we still don't know what the quarterback is going to be because, like I said, there will be another quarterback it won't be on this Stidham. roster. And it's not going to be Brian Hoyer. He's going to get cut. And it might not even be Stidham. He could be gone, too. But there's going to be another quarterback besides Cam Newton that is the number two. And we just don't know who it's going to be. We don't know if it's going to be Watson. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, hope really hope. I really hope. Mike Lombardi, former... Uh, NFL GM says Watson does not want to go to the Miami Dolphins anymore. But Good. San Francisco and Denver are options, but the Patriots are expected to be in the mix. I mean, they'd be surprised if they weren't. San Fran. They just paid, they just paid Jimmy G like... <laughs> He'd have to go. He would, but they'd still owe him a lot of money. I mean, they're going to be broke for years well, they now. might be able to sling a deal if they, they get rid of Jimmy G and bring in Watson because Watson's so expensive, the Texans will take on Jimmy G's contract and they'll take on Watson. So it might not be Ooh. a... 
might not be a bad deal, but they have to throw in more than Jimmy G. But it would be a swap where, similar to Stafford and Goff, because the contracts work, you switch spots, but the team getting the better quarterback has to give up picks with it. So that's actually an interesting one. The Broncos, however... Who did you give up, though? From the 49ers? Or no, from the Broncos. Ooh, the Broncos are a tough one because... Melvin Gordon? Well, he's not going to have much value. He's got one year left on his deal, an older running back. But Drew Locke would have to go, I think, in the swap, and that's kind of the Texans. Wouldn't be a bad option for them for a year to see if he's got anything. But they'd have to give up multiple draft picks, I think. You know, a lot. It'd just have to be a <laughs> it'd lot. It'd have to be like five or six draft picks, I think. Because, I mean, if it's... Remember what they did with Brock Osweiler? Oh, the Texans and the Broncos, disaster. they had that deal. Well, was that was awful. That was, that was terrible. And it's a similar situation it is. with the Broncos. They don't have as much where you'd give up. And if you're acquiring Watson, you're intending to contend. So you're not going to trade. But are the Broncos really contenders? That's the question. If you add Watson, I think, to that team, they are not really Super Bowl contenders. but P- Pushing playoffs, the, wild card. Right, because you have a tough division with the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. So Yeah. I mean, the Raiders are getting worse this offseason. They've lost Trent Brown, Rodney Hudson, uh, Tyrell Williams, uh, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. <laughs> and added, both Brown and Aguilar are coming to New England. And they've added pretty much nothing. So the Raiders are done this year. I, I'm counting I thought they were going to be good last year. I, was, I had hopes that you know, the Las Vegas Raiders, now that they are, are going to have a good yeah. season. But that kind of fell apart. horrible defense. As soon as Fitzpatrick through that pass where he was getting his face mask yanked against them. That was amazing. And just fired it up. They were done. I knew they were done, <laughs> you know, for this offseason, for the next and couple of years. And didn't they lose to the uh, the uh, Jets, right? They might. Did they lose to the Jets? That they was when the Jets were. won. Or did they win? It was a close game. I because that's when, that's when they uh, blitzed everybody and nobody was down uh, downfield. And that was that Hail Mary with the but Jets. I think the Jets were the ones who blitzed everybody. Oh, it was the other way yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. My bad, so my they bad. They should have lost. Okay, they should. Yeah, Jets should have lost. So, I just remember that game vividly of how terrible it was. I mean, oh. that's when I lost faith in humanity with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, the but, Raiders are dumb. They, I don't, <laughs> they're not competitors. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where... Watson lands. I, like I said, based on the Taylor signing, them having the fourth pick, I just I think Watson's gone. They're going. They're gonna give in. Cause they're trying really hard not to give him up. I mean, Bill O'Brien did something there. I don't know what it was, but he messed up the Texans bad. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a comment out here today from former Patriots executive Scott Pioli. He said they've given him, referring to Cam Newton, a backup quarterback contract. Their future QB and possibly starter for this year is not yet on the roster. Mm. Yeah, like I like we said, it, it could be. It, it's <laughs> gonna. There's another quarterback on the. There line. is, and it's the mystery of it. This is what I love about the Patriots: is just everything happens randomly. Never would have thought this would have happened with New England. Bel- mm-hmm. Bill Belichick being aggressive, getting people. He saw Tom Brady win that seventh his seventh Super Bowl and said, "All right, enough's over. It's it's go time." So. Here comes New England. It'll be a good year for them, for sure. And uh, I guess with the minutes we have left here, Austin, on Midnight Mania Sports, I know this is a pretty much a practically a Patriots show today, but just running down the NBA, Jazz Celtics, Tristan Thompson out, health and safety protocols. I mean, it's going to be interesting now. See, it happens uh, with the Celtics. I mean, how, how are you? I mean, they're on a win streak right now, right? They've won five out of the last six, I believe. Yep. So, I mean, they're doing good coming out of the All-Star break. Is it what you hoped for? I mean, what are they, uh, fifth fifth in the East, sixth? I believe they're about fifth right now. I'll have yeah. to check on that. Because I know the Heat, they went up. What are they, the Heat are doing really well, went from like eighth all the way up to fourth. So, I mean, Miami Heat are slowly creeping up there. But the Boston Celtics, though, Austin, I mean, Jason Tatum's playing well. And so is uh, Jalen Brown. I mean, those two guys are. But then Daniel Tice, are you happy with how he's been playing lately? I mean, <laughs> he's been the, fine. Like, he's been playing like a backup center, which is what he should be. And it, there's a report out there, right? Or something like that. Brad Stevens saying, like, how they're going. Uh, Robert Williams is going to get more minutes yeah. over probably Daniel Tice. That's a good thing. That is a good thing because Williams has been productive in all of his minutes recently. Um, defensively, he brings great energy. Offensively, he's able to get to the bucket. He's uh, finishing pretty well. In the last game against Houston, he had 16 points, 13 rebounds, uh, three blocks and a steal, all in 19 minutes. And you look at Daniel Tyson that game, 
only played six minutes. <laughs> I mm. think he may have tweaked something, but um, Tice is a guy who doesn't really have a role at the moment um, because Brad Stevens is kind of going with whoever's kind of hot. If Thompson's having a good game, he's leaving him in there. Rob having a good game, Rob gets a minute. So Tice is kind of stuck, um, which is partially why I don't think they're going to commit to bringing Daniel Tice back after this year. or even They should have done it last year. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's better than some of the options you had. I guess, but I'm just not convinced that Daniel Tice is going to be a Celtic much longer. And the NBA trade deadline's been very, very quiet. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very quiet. This is unlike anything I've seen like the last few years in the NBA, but still, so many people want to get traded. I know Andre Drummond still wants to go. Blake Griffin's a net, so the Celtics don't have that anymore for them, but still... I mean, th- nothing's happening, and I think Danny, he needs to start doing something. I mean, if these players want out, I mean, what, JaVale McGee is also an option. Oh, yeah. But would you rather have, I mean, JaVale McGee is a slightly better Daniel Tice, yeah, but just on Shaq and the full more. worth acquiring, you know what I mean? You already have Tice who knows the system. What about Larry Nance? Because I've heard his report, his name out. Miles Turner. Yeah, st- everybody's still talking about well, him. Turner's fine, but I think Rob is so underrated right now that Rob Williams can give you what Miles Turner's giving you. I mean, Rob's a better rebounder, I think. But if you pair the two of them, they can't even play together. I mean, we saw it didn't work with Tyson Thompson. Yeah, it's it did. It's not going to work with Turner and Williams. I mean, you got to. I just think you got to get rid of Tyson and you split the minutes between Rob and Thompson at the five, the center position, each of them getting about 24 minutes a game, roughly. And then you go and get an actual power forward like John Collins who can fit that role well. Or That'd somebody nice. who can shoot. Tatum shifts to the four. You add a three like Seti Osman. Then you're in business. But you just can't have the two bigs together. It doesn't work. And Thompson and Williams are enough to have as your centers. And, you know, the Nets are looking good. Uh, if I had to pick a team right now, win the NBA Finals, it's the Nets. I think. I'm not picking the Nets. Really? No. Celtics? Um, no. no. <laughs> I'm picking the Phoenix Suns Oh, Oh, yeah, I, I remember you said I that. I yep. this back in October. I, think. I remember this, yeah. And I'm still sticking with it. They're, they, what are they, third in the West? They're, Second or third? There. I'll have to check. I, I, I know they're better than the Lakers. Well, the thing is, is that the Nets have zero interior defense. DeAndre Ayton is going to put up 20 and 20 against them. They have the veteran leadership with Chris Paul. They have enough shooting. They have one, one more shooting piece away, I think. Another three and D guy to play with Jake Crowder, who can play the, more a guy who can play the four would be a nice fit for them. But they're just a very well-rounded team where Brooklyn is going to get into problems in the playoffs. There's going to be ego issues with who's shooting in the playoffs, who's scoring. Harden's put his ego aside, but Kyrie's going to be the issue at some point. Oh just no! Just wait and see. I'm, I'm, Are you? Do you still not like Kyrie? No, I've never liked him. I think <gasps> he's a very talented basketball player. Of course. But. He's just not a winner. It's a typical Celtics answer right there. It's not a Celtics answer. It's just an honest answer. The Suns are actually second in the West. Second? 26 and 12. That's that's good. And then I'm hope. I mean, if if the Jazz, they're still first. If they continue, because they had some ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Uh, If they lose tonight, I mean, to the Celtics, I I don't know. Like, the Jazz, I'm not going to say that they're going to lose that first seed spot. But they definitely, I mean, the, the Suns, if they go in first, I think that would be... Austin, probably one of the best bowl predictions you've ever had. The the Suns? Yeah. I did. I said it before the season started. I know. Thank you. I think they have a lot. That of might talent. be the best one on the show. Besides my Cowboys Super Bowl thing, that, that's... Oh, that's <laughs> not going to happen, so... That might. Who well, knows? the Suns also probably, you know, I mean, unlikely they'll make the finals, but it looks good right now. It's the it two does. seed in the West, so... I mean, the Lakers, they have their issues, but I think that's... It's, it's Anthony Davis's team. In my opinion, I, I I like LeBron. He's a great player, one of the best. But he he needs that other guy, like how Jordan had Pippen. LeBron needs that other guy, uh-huh. and that was Kyrie for a while. That was Wade for a few years, and then it now it's AD. Yeah, I mean it's hard. It's impossible really to win with just one superstar in the NBA at this point. Even when you had some of the teams doing that, like when Dirk won, he was really the only superstar. But he had three guys. He had a great role players. So. He had he had Jason Terry, who was a, a very good starter, um, above average players around him, and it's impossible for a team like the Mavericks right now 
to be contenders with one superstar and one great player in Porzingis and then a lot of okay players around him. You need to have two. The Lakers with LeBron and AD. The Celtics with Tatum and Brown. Um, Pelicans, the, Pel- Pelicans oh, with Pelicans. Zion and B.I. Or... they got to worry about going <laughs> 500 first. Bring them into the conversation. Was, they're on a three... Uh, they're on a two-game win streak right now, yeah. going for third. Are they in the playoffs yet? They're slowly, actually. I think slowly they're not tenth. They? They're they're tenth. Last time I looked, yeah, they're spot. they're on the outside looking in right now. That's a good that's a good spot for them. Yeah, that's usually where they are around this time of the year. Seventeen and twenty-two, five games below five hundred. So we cannot talk about their duo doing anything <laughs> playoff related. But any like the Nets have the three superstars. Yes. Any team that's a serious contender, even you can argue Gobert and Mitchell. Are mm. at least elite, right? Stars. And then and then you have um, Simmons and Embiid. Right. Every team has two. It's impossible to win with one. And I think we're going to see that this year. Kawhi and Paul George and with the Clippers. No, no, no. They got smacked by my Pelicans oh my a few God. nights you ago. Guys win one. You're still five games below 500. Paul we George beat the Jazz and, and the Clippers. And Paul George and Kawhi would mop Zion and Brandon Ingram. But they didn't. Two on two. But they didn't. That's a five on five, and the Clippers are missing a bunch of guys. I mean, the, the Kawhi put up like 16 at one point. I mean, it, was, it wasn't that If you put Kawhi and PG in a 2-1-2 versus Brandon Ingram and Zion. Oh, I'm, no. Yeah, Kawhi's, Kawhi cannot stop Zion. Who's, who's going to guard him? Kawhi, the former defensive player of the year? Yeah, I don't know. Zion's not getting to the Did you see what Zion did to the other former defensive player of the years? Oh, my God. With Gobert and Giannis? I mean, he practically dunked over Giannis. You reference Zion like he's a reincarnated Michael Jordan. who can just He jump. is. He's a oh reincarnated Shaq. God. All right. <laughs> that's, that's gonna wrap up. I, he, you, he's played like 60 games and you're calling him Shaq? Everybody's called him Shaq since Nobody's he's been in high school. Who, the Pelicans Twitter? Yes, all the Pelicans Twitters called him Baby he's, Shaq. Shaq was like almost 7 feet. Zion's like 6'8 and just big. Muscular. He has no post moves. Shaq used to dunk on everybody. Zion's dunking on a bunch of guys that are 6'6 and shorter than them. I mean, do you see what, you see what Jackson see what, Hayes did though? Bob Williams did to Zion? Sent them. All right, yeah, that's that's when I wrap up. I remember that one. Now we're wrapping it up. Yeah, that'll be (laughs) a good way to end it right there. Yeah, uh huh. An actual post (laughs) effect. I said that never happened again, though. Uh huh. Austin, do you have anything else to say tonight on Midnight Mania Sports before we wrap things up? I'm very proud of the Patriots having a good Mm offseason. I'm excited, and I'm excited to see the Celtics make the playoffs, unlike the team from New Orleans. Mm, Okay, well. (laughs) Oh, actually, wait a second. We forgot. Speaking of New Orleans, Drew Brees retired, though. I mean, he had a great career. I mean, just uh, quickly go over that, but I mean. Tip your cap to Drew Brees. Yep, there we go. Good good career. All right. Lots of stats. No no real win. No real win. Yeah, one Super Bowl, but that's it, you know. Brady's still better. That pattern. <laughs> yep. And on that note, beha- on behalf of Austin Dakota, I'm George Hathaway. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight's episode of Midnight Mania Sports. Have a great night.